Thanks for tuning in to the Upside Down Podcast. My name is Kyle, and I'll be one of the hosts. We are a coffee, art, and community space located right across the street from UCLA in Westwood Village. During the week, Upside Down is a coffee shop where you can enjoy lattes, espresso drinks, cold brew, and visit our art gallery. On this podcast, you might hear anything from an interview with those artists to an interview with a barista champion, one of our staff, or simply someone who comes into the coffee shop. We hope you'll enjoy, and thanks for tuning in. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Upside Down podcast. My name is Jesse, and I'm a guest host here at Upside Down. And today we're recording from the windy city of Chicago, Illinois, while I'm home visiting my family. And speaking of family, today I have the absolute privilege to interview one of my favorite women in the world. She has her MA in counseling psychology. She's been a licensed clinical professional counselor in private practice here for about 26 years now. She is my very own mom, whom we affectionately call Mama Joy. Mom, thanks so much for joining us here today. Glad to. And today, you might be wondering why I'm here interviewing my mom. It's a fair question. Uh, Kyle, who's usually the host of this podcast, had the idea of the beginning of the pandemic for us to get an episode diving into what has become more commonplace, namely mass hysteria. And now, this is a term that I think we'd be wise to define and nuance a bit before we go any further. So for you, Mom, what does mass hysteria mean and how might you see mass hysteria present itself, whether that's in your clients or your close friends or, dare I say, even your family? Well, when all of this began, the word pandemic wasn't even being used for the first number of weeks. And as uh, the COVID cases increased, it was classified as a pandemic. And when you have something that is global like that, um, it can start to draw the masses into a different frame of mind. And so I had had a conversation with Kyle about some of the things that are involved when you have a global event happening, you can have some aspects of mass hysteria that show themselves. And so a couple of things that emerge with mass hysteria, I just want you to think about it in terms of source error, hmm. okay? So mass hysteria can involve people taking in bits of information that is probably misinformation. So their, their source in terms of who is saying the things that they're taking in um, has to be questioned, it has to be figured out. Where, where are they getting their information? Right. That's the first thing. Um, and if they're getting conflicting reports, that can cause there to be another aspect of mass hysteria that occurs, and that is misperception or misunderstanding, misinterpretation of the information they're being told. And the question for misperception is, do you believe or agree with what's being told to you? So that's how misperception can occur, that um, I may not believe that you're a credible source. And you may be saying something to me about what's happening, but it's going to come down to whether or not I think you're credible. Uh, the third part is mistrust. And that is, do I trust the source where I'm getting the information? And my emotions can actually take priority over the information that I'm receiving, um, even if they are valid and supported sources. 
And especially the mistrust occurs if there's some discrediting of sources going on. If people are um, casting doubt or sharing their own skepticism around the reports that are happening. And so see mass hysteria then begins to emerge and develop in a way now it's it's almost like fire that's gotten a little out of control hmm. and you can't necessarily corral it because you've got all these different perceptions and emotions and bits of information that are being exchanged. That's very helpful. <laughs> Thanks so much. Um, what I'm hearing you say is, is that there's a bit of a, a cognitive dissonance, um, a, a felt dissonance or an emotional dissonance. And let's call the third one an ontological dissonance of um, a dissonance with how we might or ought to understand reality at large. Um, You know, I recently heard a term thrown out by former President uh, Barack Obama, and he referred to this term called truth decay. And as I understand the term, there are a few things which characterize truth decay. As I see it, truth decay has a bit of a sense to it that there's an increasing disagreement about facts and interpretations of facts and data. There's a blurring of the line between opinion and fact. Um, And there's an increasing volume of opinion and personal experience over fact. And then finally, there's a declining trust uh, in formerly respected sources of facts. Um, and in light of this, let me ask, as it relates to mental health, what, what are some of the risks as you see it for someone who might inadvertently embrace truth decay, uh, in their lives? Well, whenever everything that we are hearing now is being brought into question, we still have to figure out where we're going to land and what we're going to Um, support for ourselves. So one of the risks that I think that's involved is that relativism now moves to the front of the line and it gets to decide um, what fits for me and what I think is most true. So we're not dealing with absolutes anymore. We're dealing with um, different, uh, I'm trying to think what the word would be. We're dealing with, with different levels of information that I may or may not agree with or see that it fits my life. It's not applicable, it's not pertinent. So if relativism reigns, then I also am not trusting anybody out there to have the final word on Mm. what's being told. Um, and, And then I also think attribution theory kicks in. Attribution theory in its most basic way to describe it is that I'm going to attribute positive traits to myself and negative traits to others. And so I'm going to, at the end of the day, I'm going to believe what I believe before I believe what you believe. Right. Okay. We see that taking place everywhere. <laughs> right, right. 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 And, and so the other thing that happens, if I'm making decisions that are not based in science and they are not based on facts, but feelings are now starting to get to infiltrate and become more of a priority, what I'm believing I'm now going to share with others, and now I'm creating collateral damage. Now it's it's going to go farther than just myself. And I may try to influence somebody else about what I think is happening because I've attributed to myself that I've got it figured out. Mm. So to me, one of the greatest risks is that we're not, 
willing to embrace that we all operate at all times with a margin of error. And if we're not operating in a margin of error, or if we're not embracing that we're, we operate within a margin of error, we can actually talk very convincingly like we have the absolute truth or the absolute facts about what's going on. And I think if we think about this in terms of the pandemic, when somebody says, oh, I heard blah, blah, blah about the cases increasing or whatever, it's pretty common we'll hear followed up with that. Where'd you get that information? Yeah. And, and I know the certain sources that I'm using to get my information. They are, they are Department of Public Health. They are governmental agencies. They are um, National Institutes of Health. They're Johns Hopkins. I'm, I'm working to get as much scientific information as I can. Um, but even with those today, a lot of people would counter and say that, how can we even trust the CDC? How can we right. even trust John Hopkins? Don't they have bias as well in the very process of determining what is a reliable source or not a reliable source is now one of the hardest things for us to do that I don't think we've really had to do, um, in decades previous. And so for somebody who is experiencing that struggle, cause I think we all are to a degree, um, how do you, from the, the standpoint of mental health, how might you recommend that somebody proceeds or, or moves forward knowing that they can't be fully certain about the information that they're consuming is accurate? And somebody's maybe very uh, anxious about that. How would you encourage them to, to move forward? Well, I think a big part of it is being willing to identify where I'm feeling anxious where I'm feeling fearful, um, am I falling prey to believing hearsay over more reliable medical sources? Am I also getting hung up on all the worries that I have of all the unknowns? I have never in my life seen such a prevalence of unknowns as I have in these last 10 months. I have heard more people say the phrase, I don't know, or we don't know, more than I have in many years prior. And so all the unknowns uh, can lead us to have a lot of worry about what this is going to look like for me, how long this is going to play out. Will I ever have my life uh, and some semblance of normal normalcy return to me? And so what I do, whether it's with friends, family, clients, is to encourage that we take pause and get in touch with where am I operating with fear or anxiety or worry? Because when I'm operating in that way, I'm operating off the true center and, and I'm operating in a skewed perspective. And so I think it's, it's important for us to pay attention to what we're falling prey to. Again, that margin of error, am yeah. I willing to admit it? And then say, what can I do to get myself back onto that true center. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what's striking me uh, partly in what you're saying is, is that truth decay doesn't happen in a vacuum, Mm -mm. so to speak, that we ourselves are definitely not exempt from experiencing or even uh, promulgating truth decay, but (laughs) we ourselves are, are guilty of, I think, extending that um, further, uh, likely inadvertently. And this was an election year 
which is another complex layer of things being added to this. So certainly we shouldn't be feeling bad for feeling (laughs) all of this confusion, all of this frustration with the world around us. Uh, This is a natural response. And I think that um, we can maybe beat ourselves up at times for how much, uh, how poorly we're, we're kind of responding to the situation that we're in. But this is a tremendously difficult time. And, and mom, I know that you have in your practice, your private practice, um, you counsel from a position of faith in Jesus. And I'd like to, to weave God into this conversation a little bit, if I can, um, I'd like to ask you, how, how does God invite us into relationship um, with himself, as, as you see it, when we're experiencing either cognitive, emotional, or ontological dissonance? Uh, what's, what's God's invitation to us here for those, those of us who are experiencing some form of truth decay? Well, I have said for many years in my practice, if we would practice pause and we would take a moment to reflect, to take in all that we're hearing, thinking, feeling, seeing, and let it sit on the inside of us for a moment or a series of moments, we might have a different response rather than having an instant reaction that may be landing more in that margin of error. And so when I think about even just Jesus himself, his example, his invitation to us is to come to him um, when we are weary, that he will give us rest, that, that there's an invitation to take pause and to, to do that knowing that he is the source of truth, he is the source of peace. You know, one of his names is that he is the Prince of Peace. Um, I don't take that lightly. I take that very seriously and, and work hard to let peace be something that I am asking for and I am seeking it out to know how to respond in given situations. Um, I have been less vocal during the pandemic um, than some of my counterparts because I have wanted to take pause and to take all this in Mm. and to let it sit on the inside of me for a while, marinate a little bit, maybe even metabolize it before I begin to make judgments, assertions, opinions, whatever the case may be. So when I think of God's invitation to us, it is that strong reminder, he is the source of all truth. Nothing is happening without his knowing. This entire global situation still rests within the sovereignty of God. And so I can find rest in knowing that I don't have to have this all figured out. And not that I need to be uneducated or uninformed, but I need to remember that he has charge of all of this and he has me. He holds me in the balance of all these other things going on. I trust him. Hmm. Okay. Um, and so when we think about the element of mass hysteria of mistrust, well, I'll just ask in general, who or what are we putting our trust in? For me, it's God himself. I also think that the invitation is to open his word. Um, Scripture, people tell me, you know, God never talks to me. And I'm like, 
have you opened your scripture? Because that is him speaking to us in the most elaborate and profound way. Um, I think we're looking for an individual, independent message from him. And I say, hold on, let's consider the whole counsel of scripture and what God says to us there. I find scripture to be comforting. I find it to be helpful. I find it to be correcting, to help me to refocus and to be able to consider how God is and who he is and who I am in light of him. And so at the end of the day, no matter what is happening with the pandemic, with the unknowns, I know who I belong to. I know who has care of me. And I know that he is not going to allow anything to happen to me without him having a perfect plan for that. Some people may, may roll their eyes at that. But for me, in my faith, as an integrative counselor, to be able to draw on what we understand of psychological issues and, and the way our minds and our emotions work, and then to take faith, which is a very deep part of so many of us, and to find how those two things can hang out together and can be intertwined to help us to be more of a whole person, I will land there every day that my faith needs to inform my feeling, it needs to inform my understanding, it needs to inform my acting and being. Hmm. So what, uh, I love that, I love everything that you're saying. Um, what might be your encouragement to somebody who, who has not had that bedrock of faith? Uh, somebody who, who might be very agnostic, perhaps, mm-hmm. um, or who, who really is uncertain about the truth of who God is, and, and they're experiencing even more truth decay in their theology and, and their conception of who God is. What, what might your encouragement to them be? Well, I think we could still apply some of those questions. Who do you trust? What do you trust in or believe in? And because I would say, for the most part, everybody believes in something or someone. There's, there's got to be some sort of anchor in a person. I don't think that I've encountered over my, you know, more than two decades of practice, people who are without any kind of anchor. There's right. It's something. The, the infamous David Foster Wallace quote that we, we all worship something. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, and so for someone who is not operating with a faith basis, they're still putting their faith in something or someone. Maybe it's themselves, mm-hmm. you know, um, maybe it's in planet Earth. Maybe it's in the... the Politics or, or whatever it may be. Right. But but knowing how to place their faith in the right thing, it, that can be a difficulty and a struggle. Well, I think sometimes consensus can be helpful when we are confused. Hmm. And um, it's okay to pull the people that you know and trust and to ask them, what are they putting their faith in? What... How did they sleep at night? You know, what are the things that help them to, or are helping them get through this very challenging time in our history? Mm-hmm. Because I love being able to hear from my family and friends in terms of the things that anchor them, because that may be closer to helping me redirect and refocus my understanding or where I land on all this 
because the people that I have in my life and in my inner circle, I trust them. Yeah. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in my inner circle. And sometimes, often, I think iron sharpens iron, and I need to hear from you or uh, from I need to hear from the people that I trust so deeply, and that helps me press some resets and to go, okay, I I can do this. I can move forward here because they've reminded me of some very essential basic truths. It's a great reminder and, and something that uh, we really value at Upside Down in particular is that we're not just a coffee shop and an art gallery, but our, our third core is, is community. And, and that's really why we exist, is to be able to engage in conversations just like this. Um, and so if you're listening to this, I, I just want to encourage you next time that you find yourself ordering a latte at Upside Down, um, our baristas love, love, love to engage in this kind of dialogue. Um, and if you have questions about what we believe um, as an organization that's funded and uh, operated by Jews for Jesus, we would absolutely love to, to explore more of that with you. Feel free to DM us on our Instagram, however it may be. Know that we love having these kinds of conversations because, as you're saying, is community is, is such an important resource and asset to us especially in this difficult time that continues to lumber on. So I want to thank you so much, um, Mom, from the Upside Down staff. And uh, it it means the world to me as your son (laughs) to be able to interview you even uh, at this time. So thank you so much. Well, strangely, these conversations aren't much different than what we've had all these years. So This is uh, conversation right around the dinner table. (laughs) That's right. That's right. It's my pleasure. Thanks, Mom. Well, that's all we got for you today um, on our Upside Down podcast. If you would like, uh, we encourage you to subscribe on whatever platform that you're using. Uh, As I mentioned, feel free to DM us with any questions, thoughts, feedback, critique, whatever you got. We'd love to talk. Um, Ideas for new shows. We're always down for interesting ideas. So thank you so much for tuning in. And we hope that you guys can have a great rest of your day. Take care and shalom.